welcome to Cars Unfiltered, episode 5. We have a special guest appearance here by Sal. Hey guys, how's it going? As, as usual, I'm Mike, and we also have Tom and Adam on the line. Hello. Howdy guys. So today's topics, we're going to uh, go with a, a slight change here from our usual Manufacturer Monday, and we're going to talk about movies. We're going to call it Movie Monday today. And we're going to talk about car movies, specifically classic car movies, and some new ones too, but specifically classic car movies. And this should be a good list for people. Oh, we can actually put the list, we'll, we'll put the list in the show notes. Yes, yes, definitely in the show notes. And speaking of movies, I just want to do a quick plug to our video that we made for the 35 Project, hashtag Project Alcan 5000 for us is it is it officially project alcan 5000 or is it just project alcan it's uh Al- project hashtag project alcan 5000 okay all right yeah officially just so i know so, so i can post things correctly as i'm working on it <laughs> yes yes i should i should communicate that better uh mostly be- the only reason that's is what it is is because of the uh the last title screen that's what i put it on in the in the video so so the first episode that's going to be a, a series of episodes um as we approach the alcan of all the trials and tribulations that we go through and then we'll probably have a new series which will be filmed on the alcan itself so should be lots of good content and that is up on carsunfiltered.com and on youtube and yeah and that link will be in the show notes too it's an yeah. awesome video guys you check it out that's really cool tom did a good job on it oh thanks man so Tom, what movies do you want to start off with? What are you, what's your number one must-see classic car movie? So, man, that's a tough one because there's ones that I feel like are like number one, and then there's ones that I feel like are just fun to watch. Um, probably number number one for me is probably Bullet, and it's it's a it's a you know I don't remember how long it is like an hour and a half or whatever, and really the best part is about three minutes long. But it's worth waiting the whole movie to watch the three-minute car chase scene. So I was actually going to ask that. So I, I actually have not seen all of Bullet. I've, I've seen the car chase. Um, but Wait, it seems how, like... how have you not seen all of Bullet? This, this is going to happen a lot in this episode, everyone. Yeah. How have you not seen Bullet? <laughs> yeah, Lots yeah, of ridicule. Exactly. So I, I haven't seen, but I've seen the car chase a few times. And, and is the rest of the movie worth watching? No. Is it really? no, no, it's not. It's not. It's really not. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 not bad. It's like a detective, you know, like it's kind of a police movie. Yeah, but right? but it's classic like nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies screenwriting, right? Where yeah. there's like four main characters and they spend the majority of their time on three sets. Yeah. So like, you know, as from a comparison, right? So like the original Gone in sixty seconds versus the new Gone in sixty seconds. That is like a rare instance for me where both the new and the old movies are amazing. Yeah, that's true. But they're completely different movies. They have the same premise, but they're completely different movies. Yeah, so like the the 1974 gone in 60 seconds, but it well the thing is like it also has this weird like 1960s 1970s slow pace, but there's a lot more going on in it than there was in Bullet. I'll put it that way. Yeah, for sure. And decisively less Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Absolutely no Nicholas Cage. <laughs> although, although arguably the protagonist, I don't know who played the original guy in the original Gone in 60 Seconds. But arguably uh, his acting is as bad as Nicholas Cage's. It was H.B. Uh, Halicki. 
It's, yeah, see, it's, his acting yeah. was so bad that no one knows who he was. So, yeah. so in the original, was was the hero car a Mustang as well, or what was? Do you remember what they? It what was. The it was. It was a nineteen seventy two. I think time was it seventy one or seventy two? Oh, Eleanor. Yeah, the original. Uh, yeah. So, well, I'm trying to remember now, but it, actually, it was one of the seventy one to seventy three body style Mach ones, and it was orange. They went. They they decidedly went decisively went through a few of them in the movie. Um, I think you know, like two or three. Before, you know, like in the movie, like actually as part of the storyline, like one got wrecked and they got another one and another one got wrecked and got another one. And actually, yeah, it was a 1973 Mach 1. Well, no, technically, they only wrecked one. They went they, they went and tried to, I don't want to ruin it. We're going to ruin all these movies. From here. <laughs> Screw it. At, at this point, it's spoiler done. Alert. Yeah, it's, spoiler alert. Tag, spoiler yeah. alerts on everything around here. Um, but yeah, they they only actually wrecked one, right? And, but that was the key, that's key. So I'm not going to give that away. But that's key to how they got away at the end of the movie, right? Is because they only wrecked the one. The other ones were just like missed opportunities to be able to get the car from somewhere else. I don't know. I think they might have wrecked. I think they might have wrecked two of them in the movie. I don't think so. Maybe I don't think so. Not I will. I'm worth. It's worth watching again. Oh, for sure. It's dude. I would watch that if that movie was on every Sunday. I would probably watch it every Sunday. On any Sunday, you'd watch on it. Any Sunday. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean the football any on any Sunday. I mean the motorcycle any on any Sunday. It's a good one. Speaking of motorcycles, one. there's a, um, a Steve McQueen movie with a motorcycle escape scene. No. Yeah, I forget the, the I forget the name the great, of it though. The, 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 the great, great escape. escape, yeah, the great escape. There you go. <laughs> it's an escape scene of Steve McQueen on a yeah, right? and it was great. It was, it was actually I've never seen that movie. I've seen it once. I should watch it again because it's been a long time since I've seen. Steve McQueen is arguably not that great an actor either. No, but it looks like he always had fun. I'll give him that. Well, yeah, he was he was a car guy too, right? So, but I get and. He kind of missed the boat on some things, right? Because do you, you remember the Dirty Harry movies? Have, have any of you guys seen the Dirty Harry movies? I have, yes. Yeah, long, okay. long time ago, yeah. Okay, right. But, but there was five of them. All right, there were five Dirty Harry movies, and it defined Clint Eastwood's career, right? Yeah. Every role he's played since then has been some version of Dirty Harry. I don't. It, it just has. And the intent, I think, Steve McQueen's intent, anyways, with Bullet was to turn whatever detective he played into that dirty Harry character. Uh, but he missed Detective Bullet. Was it Detective Bullet? Was that his name? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh jeez, man. Wow. That screenwriting was terrible. All right. That's why he turned that's why they couldn't do what I was about to describe. But point is Steve McQueen wanted to turn that into a career defining series, right? And it just couldn't happen. So so he wanted to be Dominic Toretto. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, which is my classic <laughs> car movie. And here, yeah. Mike always always uh, disagrees. But so for my generation, so I was born in 1990, and Fast and the Furious brought car movies back into popular culture for me. Right now, we're talking the original one that still had actual racing in it. Still had about a thousand shifts per race. Yeah, but and, and uh, none of them were downshifts. They all upshifted. Just, yeah, no downshifting. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, just fried piston rings and, and all sorts of nasty stuff. But, 
But so, I mean, yeah, and, and I've had this debate, and, and I don't know how you guys feel, but in my opinion, it's still a classic car movie, right? It, it started a, a whole franchise, and it, it kind of brought cars back into uh, into Hollywood. I, and when did that come out? The early 2000s. Oh I think it was 17 yeah. years. I think it was 2000, maybe, somewhere around there. So, so did you know that that is actually a remake? I I did. It's it's a remake of it's uh some. It was two thousand one oh, for the record. Two thousand one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There was actually the first Fast and Furious movie was produced and launched in nineteen fifty five. Wait, really? Yeah. Wow. Was it any good? Can we is can we find this somewhere? Is it on YouTube? Yeah. It's it's on Amazon Prime actually. Wait, really? So, yep. And the synopsis or the little. Not even a synopsis, but the little thing is called. It says, "A trucker framed for murder breaks out of jail, takes a young woman hostage, and enters her sports car in a cross-border road race, hoping to get to Mexico before the police police catch him." That is basically exactly with Fast and Furious, the newer versions, right? Like Dominic Toretto <laughs> is kind of you know has brushes with the law and out of jail, and he goes to Mexico, I think, even at one point too. <laughs> it's always some generic Latin American country. They never specify. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, so to that, yeah, okay, that's that's fine. Um, but he wasn't a trucker. But speaking of truckers, not to change the the movie at all. He hijacked <laughs> trucks. But but well, that's true. But have you ever <laughs> seen Steven Spielberg's directorial debut, Duel? I have not. I haven't. You're, yeah, Tom. It's like a 1954 Peterbilt. Ooh, I know. And it follows. There's there's very little dialogue in the whole movie. It's Honestly, it's not that great a movie, let's be honest. Um, but it's it's a necessity for anyone who likes car movies because, one, it involves, like, I don't know, a, uh, a diabolical Peterbilt. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's say it that way. <laughs> and that's just something you don't see every day. And it's a thriller, yeah. right? You don't see most, most car movies aren't thrillers. Right. So, so are you saying that this is like, like Herbie's dad, this like diabolical truck, like I'm Peterbilt. Saying, I'm saying it's like Christine's dad, which Christine is also another car movie, and that car tries to kill everyone who owns it. Oh. Kind of like the real James Dean car. Yeah, kind of like the real James Dean car. Yeah. Interesting. I've so I've never seen either of those. So there was another trucker movie though. That's kind of a suspense movie. It, it's a little bit of a car movie, but it's it's uh, called Joyride. Have any of you guys ever seen that? I've not. Give us a synopsis. It is not a good movie, uh, <laughs> but it has Paul Walker in it, and it's basically about um, truck drivers. And this guy gets into uh, gets chased by another truck driver, um, and that's actually how a young Sal un- learned what CB radios were. Uh, how dangerous it could be to um, try and contact other truckers through uh, through radios. They they don't like it. It's the point of the movie. They don't like people messing with them on their radios. Man, I so I look, grew up out in the country, and I uh, got to play with a CB radio. Did you have one in your Jeep, Tom? I did. I put one in the Jeep, and I also definitely messed with truckers on the CB radio <laughs> when I was bored. Why am I not surprised? I believe that. Were there any Smokey and the Bandit uh, reenactments on that radio? Maybe. There may have been, yes, some, uh, you know, snowman-type comments. (laughs) 
Smokey, speaking of Smokey and the Bandit, come on, obviously you can't talk about car movies and forget about Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yep. Not just the Smokey and the Bandit movies, but there was also a bunch of NASCAR movies. Um, I don't remember. Stroke, was it Stroke or Ace, a NASCAR movie? That was a NASCAR movie. Yep. Okay. And that was starring Burt Reynolds. That's a Stroker. I'm piping these into, uh, into Google as I go because I need to find out what, what's going on with them. Yeah, and then... Oh, dude, Stroker Ace, actually, I've seen Stroker Ace, and it's a funny movie. But it has a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it, it has a 1.5 out of 4 from Roger Ebert. Ouch. Yeah, it's Burn. That's pretty rough. <laughs> so it's probably not as good of a NASCAR movie as Talladega Nights, is what you're saying. It's definitely not as good of a NASCAR movie as Talladega Nights. <laughs> You know what the most hilarious part in Talladega Nights was to me? When he was trying to convince everybody his leg was like broken and he couldn't walk and he stabs that knife or fork into it. <laughs> I don't know why, but that was just, I don't know. That was So I, I read something about that. It was actually a knife. Um, and the, the who was the big black guy? that Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. R.I.P. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. But oh, he yeah, was yeah. the one who actually, the, that knife scene was going to be cut from the movie. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that suggested adding another knife and leaving it in. <laughs> That's fantastic. I did not know that. That is a fantastic line to quote. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan is, uh, he's gone too soon, unfortunately. True. Yep. Um, so another one that I have for my old versus new kind of thing is the Italian job. Oh, um, yes. The... Let's talk about the Italian job because I'm a huge fan of the original Italian job. Yes. So what's your take on this, Tom? So I saw the new one first, right? So, in, so like, what happened? I think actually it started with Italian job. The reason I know about the other old remakes, you know, like for new, like Fast and Furious, the original, um, and Gone in 60 Seconds, the original, is because I found out that the Italian job had an, you know, an original before. And uh, I watched it, and it was amazing. And the interesting thing was, if you remember the trailers for the newer Italian Job, what was the main thing in the trailers? I don't, I, do you remember? I don't even remember. I, I was in the same. Oh. I thought the new Italian Job made Mini Cooper's cool again. <laughs> I, well, I, think, right. I think it did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So to, for me, it was the scene in the trailer where these Mini Coopers are bouncing down these stairs, and it was like, oh yeah, I guess it would fit down a staircase, kind of a thing, yeah. you know, and. Uh, so then you go and watch the movie and they do all these like kind of stunts and stuff with the Mini Coopers. But the amazing thing to me was that the original one, which was released in 1969, the stunts with the Mini Coopers are way more incredible and there's no CG, right, back then. It all had to be like actual stunts. Like, it, it, and it's incredible. Well, and for me, the storyline just made so much more sense. I don't know. remember enough to differentiate it, I, mean, it, I guess. It just, I don't know. It, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go back and watch it, let's be honest. But mm-hmm. the original Italian job, uh, it incorporated a lot more, uh, like, getaway, right, than the newer Italian job. The newer Italian job had a lot of lead up to the job and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But the original one just pretty much just kind of got down to business. Yeah, and, like, the car chase scene, the mini scene, I think is, like, twice as long, or it seems like it was way longer than the one in the newer Italian job. So it's kind of like these guys just decided, like, you know what, we just, this is fun. Let's just keep filming these minis doing ridiculous things. (laughs) 
I don't know, Mike. I, I'm I'm pretty big uh, believer that Charlie Theron is a world class safe breaker. Oh, you think so? It's uh, <laughs> it has to be true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, wasn't she the one that was in Entrapment? Was that her? Entrapment, I think was wasn't that Catherine Zeta Jones? Oh, you're Kyle right. Connor? I think you're right. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's the one. I don't know. No. Both good. Excellent. Uh, excellent plot in both of those movies. <clears throat> Yeah, excellent plot. No, uh, that's what you were paying attention to in Entrapment. <laughs> not, not, not the laser scene. Yep. So, so uh, a different movie that some people have seen and uh, sometimes gets re- gets referenced, right, as uh, a cultural thing, was Vanishing Point, right? Mm-hmm. And the key thing with Vanishing Point was it was it was just one guy. The whole movie was just one dude. <laughs> Just driving from, I think it was he was driving from Vegas back to L.A. or something. In a, in a white 1971 or 72 Dodge Challenger. Yes, Challenger. I have that right. Yes. Yep. Um, and then he runs into a bulldozer at the end, right? <laughs> so, so I, there's, you could say all sorts of things about Vanishing Point, but at the end of the day, it's just like this lonely dude who kills himself because he runs into this bulldozer but was it on purpose and that's the thing right was it on purpose or was the sun in his eyes because it was setting over the bulldozers yeah and that's that's what we'll never know right they left us on a cliffhanger those jerks (laughs) you know what movie you don't end on a cliffhanger with what's that death race (laughs) (laughs) And Death Race, I think it's Death Race 2000 was the original one. I think so. Yeah, 1975, yep. Yep, that one, nope. You uh, pretty much got it all figured out by the time you get to the end. Is is Death Race the one with Jason Statham where he's a a prisoner and he has to race to win his race? Yeah, the first one one was, yeah. yeah. Well, the newer version, yeah. The newer version, yeah. Yep. I mean that guy's been in a ton, right? I mean Transporter series. Yeah, yep. that's true. The, transpo- race, the Transporter was, series isn't something you think that he was the driver in the Italian job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's actually another. There's a um, another series of the Transporter. I think it's on Netflix and stuff, which doesn't have Jason. It's like a TV show, and that was actually pretty good. There was less of the outrageous, like, you know, crank type stuff that the Transporter Jason Statham's Transporter kept like. Have, you know, like each one got more and more outrageous with that Audi and the BMW, you know. So we, the first transporter was really good. So not to just continue listing off movies because we could do that apparently for a long time. I know longer than we thought. Way yeah. longer than I thought we could. <laughs> but more to the point is, why do we like these movies as essential watching? I'll say. Oh man, way to go deep! Hey, you got to bring people in somehow, Tom. Yeah, I mean, I, I think from my side, right, and, and that's what I spoke to. I think generationally, for for my age and above, Fast and Furious again was kind of the entry point into the car world, right? I mean, I've two engineering degrees, and most of what I learned about cars, I learned from the Fast and Furious series. <laughs> so, in other words, you don't know how yeah. to hook up nitrous at sales, all. Sales no, and engineering school, going, wait, there's only six gears. <laughs> Cars pull us safe through the streets of Brazil. Um, Cars don't just come with nitrous from the factory. It's an add-on. It's it's like equipment package four hundred five. Dealer installed. Oh, good. 
Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know why car movies are. Car movies are kind of important to me, just from a, a standpoint of being a car, a car guy, I guess. Right, being interested in cars and working on them and things like that. You're obviously naturally drawn to things that are within that realm of intrigue, right? Um, but then you just you kind of want to see how other people. Uh, how other people do things with cars, right? So you watch the other movies because you want to see what else is going on, how other people interact with them. It, it could also be, you know, like you're not going to take your Gran Torino and, uh, you know, jump it over like a broken bridge, like Dukes of Hazard or the bandit, right? Like, it, but it's something you want to do though, right? You know what I mean? Like that's like people are able to kind of live out these kind of alternative um, these things that they can't afford or take the risk to do, but Hollywood can. Yeah. So to that point, yeah, to that point, is it something that you do because, I guess, are, are car movies important in uh, popular society because it's just that fanciful that it's something that you wish you could do but you're driving a six-year-old Ford Focus with 150,000 miles on it back and forth to work. And so this puts you in some different world? Is, is that why you watch it? I don't it? know. That sounds like the right world because like, that's like what Hammond, remember he jumped that Focus in Top Gear like, for the movie thing? I mean, I think if, if I had that, a Ford Focus like that you know, and I had money for a replacement car, that Ford Focus might turn into a, a movie production tax write-off let me tell you so that's kind of funny because that actually reminds me of a story and i don't know sal you said you were born in 1990 were you were you no you wouldn't have been driving then when the fast and furious came out so when i was when i left the theater you don't know he could have been driving when he was 10 i don't know so when i left i grew up in suburbia that was not uh, acceptable (laughs) (laughs) so it was really funny because you know what mike was saying about car movies being you know kind of that thing that you um that living vicariously through that movie when i remember specifically when i i left the theater after watching that first fast and furious movie in 2001 that parking lot was crazy (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah when i when i just came on a baby driver recently i wanted to just start pulling the Staying around every corner, and, and and so at that time I was in high school. I had my first car, which was a '91 Ford Festiva. Yes, <laughs> and yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I I may or may not have pulled the handbrake a few times out of that parking lot too. <laughs> so. so, so interestingly, I, I'm thinking a little bit more uh, just living vicariously through car movies, right? Um, but these days, getting into something where you could potentially jump your focus, right, isn't that far out of the realm of possibility. No. Um, especially with as, as far-reaching as the internet is now, right? Like, you could legit go find a $600 focus. And arguably, $600 isn't that easy to come by, depending on what your economic situation is, right? But... If it's something where you wanted to live out your this dream of whatever it is you want to do, right? You could find a, a shitty fucking car to do it and make it happen for relatively cheap. 
Right, you could join a, a lemons team, a twenty-four hour lemons team, and drive a car for twenty-four hours around a track with a bunch of other people, which isn't something that you would have been able to do. I don't know. <laughs> well, actually, in that scenario, you might even be able to like do it more than once, whereas the jumping, maybe, <laughs> yeah, right. maybe a one-time deal. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that I'd like to do sometime is drive, you know, like a drive some supercars. You know, for six, seven, eight hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, you can go and drive supercars for a day. You know, so like there's definitely depending on what you know, what it is that you want to do, there's there's kind of options out there to go yeah. do for sure. Well and and now nowadays with the place it used to be relegated mostly to uh to drag racing, right? Where there was a, a racetrack in every town. Um and so most people were limited to racing their car that way, right? But there's a lot more of these private raceways. Like I'm thinking about the M1, and mm-hmm. for 300 bucks you can go out there and you can race your car all day long. Mm-hmm. You can vlog on it all day. Yeah. And that's way more accessible nowadays. You know, it used to be it was just like you said, Mike. It was either a drag strip or a dirt circle track or something. You know. Um, Which I want to get into circle track racing on a dirt track. I think that would be a lot of fun. Well, I actually had an idea recently. So, like, because I have the truck, right? There is no good place to go with a truck like that. Which, okay, so the Raptor is what it is, right? It's kind of a pre-runner style truck. And there's a ton of other trucks, like normal F-150s, that have been modified to be in a similar genre, we'll say, right? Like, there's no place to go. Like, you don't have... Like, if you had, like, an oval track, right, for, like, dirt racer cars, but something a little bit more aggressive, maybe there was, like, a, a bump or something here or there, you know, whatever. Maybe, have you ever seen, like, trophy truck circuits, like, circle courses? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, like, you could do something like that, but smaller, where the obstacles and the jumps and bumps and everything are smaller, because these trucks don't have as much suspension, obviously, and safety gear. But, basically, you could do autocrossing, like, in a parking lot, but on a dirt track. With trucks like what I have, yeah, right? As you were saying that, actually, autocrossing came to mind. Um, yeah. And with the rise of autocrossing, I feel like it has it's made racing a lot more accessible to your everyman, right? Because you can run in a stock class with pretty much whatever. You could go buy a, a stock Miata, right, and run an autocross and do decently well um, without really any prep. Right, I mean, I went one, yeah. I went autocrossing once in a, a buddy's Miata, and I think I had three runs in by the end of the day, and was pulling in times that were within a second of his. Right, yeah. so yep. that's that's fairly. I mean, that's not saying that doesn't give him a whole lot of credit for driving. Let's put it that way. Um, but <laughs> but I guess as those kind of things get more accessible, do you think that's what's leading to? franchises like the fast and the furious changing their model from um a race centric plot line to these major heists and uh explosions and wow factor of again an inaccessible thing i i think it's very simple why they kind of made that transition from like an actual car guy movie to like cinema blockbusters, right? Well, yeah, it's money. And the reason, but come on, let's, yeah, stay, it's, let's stay away from money. <laughs> it just is, right? It's just money. Like they're in a addressable market, right? Like there's just not enough, you know, car guys compared to when you add everybody mm-hmm. else into the pot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I would. Agree One thing that. I want to, 
Yeah, so do you... Do you oh, go ahead. no, sorry. I was, I was going to kind of backtrack just for a second there because you got my mind thinking when you were talking about the accessibility of racing nowadays. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but last year Mazda came out with a MX-5 Miata, and you mentioned that specifically, but this is already set up and spec for racing at 53000 straight from Mazda. 53000 is... Oh, cool. So, you know, family well, a couple years ago, you could have bought a spec Laguna Seca. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. they, so Mazda is actually really interesting when it comes to this kind of like these this genre, right? Because I went to two of their Mazda Zoom Zoom events, I think one in 2005 and one in 2006. And I got to drive on a track an RX-8 at full, you know, as hard as I could, a Mazda Speed six as hard as i could a miata as hard as i could even a cx7 as hard as i wanted to you know um (laughs) which is interesting um but like they're in that and everybody knows that if you want to like get started with autocross and all you care about is skill and you want to get started for cheap right miata is the way to go right so so they they've had you know the speed editions of the miata before um and the new one too like like the new one, they made a lot of, uh, like, if they wanted to go mainstream with the Miata, they made a lot of compromises in the opposite di- direction to keep it a good, solid right. driving platform. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, with the, with the latest release, I think it returns back towards the Miata's roots more more than anything. Yeah, yep. So, sorry, that was my backtrack there, because you just, you had my mind thinking about that MX-5 Cup that I had seen at Detroit a year or two ago, so... Oh yeah, which I'm sure is amazing. Like, you know, I'm sure it would be an amazing car to track, and you can get, you know, like you can pick up a Miata for two, three grand. You know, put another two, three grand into it, and for six thousand dollars, you can have a something that'll keep up with, you know, Porsche 911s at the autocross track. You know, you're not going to get a high end, you know, speed a high speed D even a 200 mile an hour car, but on a you know 40 second, 60 second autocross thing it'll kind of come down to right. driver ability. Yeah, but, I mean, even to that point, right, when you talk about those those high-end cars, right, the availability of, of doing, you know, hot laps and, and hypercars and supercars these days, and it, I think it's a lot easier, right? I mean, I know a bunch of guys that have gone on those events, and it's like, oh, for a bachelor party or whatever, they go on uh, on a hot lap in a Lamborghini or, or a Ferrari mm-hmm. or whatever, right, which, I, I mean, I hadn't heard about that before, and, and I feel like now it's a pretty common thing. Have, have any of you guys? I've never done, done it, but I see you can do it in I, a lot of places for even three or four hundred dollars. So, I have been so close to doing it like three times. Once when I was in Las Vegas, and a couple times like they've come to Detroit or you know not Detroit but like Grattan and you know different places, Michigan essentially, right? And uh, here's the trick with those things: when you go and price them out, it's like, oh, it's it's only a few hundred bucks. But then when you add, get to the step where right. you add the insurance, <laughs> uh, that's where the price goes up. It's, I mean, really, you'd be hard. The one in Las Vegas was actually like the, one of the cheapest ones, like scenarios that I've seen. I think that one, like out the door, was really only five or six hundred dollars. Sure, because uh, all the other ones, right? just like they have so many people yeah, coming to them. Probably. All the other ones, like it's hard to get into it, you know. You and you only get like three laps, right, per car. If you, maybe three cars and three laps each or something, but for the most part, the other ones you're gonna be in in it for, you know, about fifteen hundred dollars for like nine or right. twelve laps. So, um, which you know, to be fair, 
doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot more than what you think. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you're you're driving around, you know, nine to twelve laps in a in a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or stuff. Where I'm sure there's a lot of people that have gone by with never having done that, right? Well, but even yeah. even things yeah. like uh, Turo yeah. now, right? You can rent yep. for for the day. I was just thinking that. Yeah, yeah, you can rent for the day pretty much any car you want, <laughs> depending on the market, right? I mean, the closer you are to a large metropolitan area, obviously, the uh, the more accessible vehicles are. But you can rent just pretty much whatever you want. If you want to drive, if you have a thousand bucks, okay, and you want to drive one car for a whole day, you can do a lot of interesting exotics for a oh, yeah. thousand bucks for one day. Yeah, for sure. Although something you don't see out there very much is classics, right? They're, Actually, well, on Turo, I've seen a few. Well, they're there, right? But it's not necessarily going to be what you're looking for. Right, yeah. But you're you're not necessarily I I would guarantee you you're not gonna find a nineteen sixty nine boss four twenty nine to go drive around for the day. <laughs> right. Would that be the worst thing ever? You like put your blood, sweat and tears into like this you know, sixty nine boss three oh two or something or Mach one and you're like, Hey, I need to make some money, so I'm gonna put it and you know, rent it out and like some like fast and furious looking <laughs> kid comes shows up. And the sad thing about that is, right, I think Turo's coverage is similar to Airbnbs and some of those other uh, sharing-type platforms where it's a million-dollar coverage, right? So if you have something, I'm not saying, a Boss 429 these days is at, like, what, 130 grand, give or take? Um, so you're still going to be covered, but you're going to have to go through a hassle. If the, car's, yeah. if the car's wrecked, then there goes your... Maybe it's not a sentimental baby, but there goes your baby, right? Yep. And uh, even even if you price it seemingly out of range for most people, right? Say you price it at twelve hundred bucks for for the day for twenty four hours, you know somebody's going to do it, and they're going to drive it like a jag off when they do. Yeah, they're going to put it in situations that you know you wouldn't necessarily put it in. Like driving it through traffic in New York City, probably not the best uh, best place for a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I didn't mean to take the conversation down that path entirely. Um, we can go back to listing <laughs> off movies if you guys want. Oh man, I think the episode would go forever if we did that. I think it has possibility because more keep coming to mind as we keep talking about it. I know, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Mad Max. Oh, man. I I still haven't seen the latest Mad Max to be honest. It's very artsy, in my opinion. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest. I started watching the uh, the original ones, the Mel Gibson ones, obviously, right? And I was like, this is completely not like the Tom Hardy one. There's significantly less tinting yeah. and color going on, <laughs> uh, and and also a decisive lack of guys playing flaming guitars on top of vehicles. Yep. <laughs> but there is no Gibson, so there's that. Oh, and also, I think actually speaking of like car video stuff, um, I would just like to give a shout out to the Grand Tour. That I believe the first episode is coming on Amazon Prime December eighth. Yeah. If I'm, is that right? I think that's, that's right. right. Yeah. So I am anxiously awaiting that. 
and I'm going to go pick out some popcorn very soon that's special only <laughs> for that show. Uh, Tom, if you're going to do that, you may as well just import some stuff from Chicago. You know, go all out, get some real stuff. Oh, yeah. And I could get some a deep dish pizza from Chicago, too. At the same, That'd be... Now we're talking. No, go. you know what I could do? I could drive there, like time it just perfectly where I drive there and drive back with the stuff. And just as I get home is when Top Gear... Or, <laughs> oh, he did dang it. it. You're... Freudian slip. When the grand tour starts, your your pizza would be cold, Tom. I'm just gonna put that out there. I don't know those little pizza warmer things, like you know that when delivery people come, like those things are like molten lava when they pull them out. So yeah, but that's not five hours later. It's true. And, that's true. And if you want to celebrate the proper way, I can always just drive over some uh, some baked beans, HP sauce, and biscuits if you want. I got those in, <laughs> I got those in my pantry. That does seem more appropriate, all things considered. Not, not as tasty, not nearly as tasty, but I'm just... Uh, but, I think we yeah, are contextually... coming up the, uh, the close of the episode here, though. Yep. So, yeah. any, any last words there, Tom? <laughs> that, was a bit, that was very abrupt, I realize. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't think I have any last words other than uh, we'd really appreciate it if you comment and subscribe or follow or like, not or, and, and all of those things. And tell your friends about it if you like it. And also, you and your friends can leave us feedback and we'll, at this point, definitely listen to it and read it. So, uh, yeah, feel free to get in touch. And to keep a lookout for updates for hashtag Project Alcan 5000 because that's going to start soon. Yep. Well, it's already started. It's going to. It started, yes, but it's going to start in earnest very soon. Yes. Like Friday soon. Yes. Which is actually back in time when this podcast drops. But oh yeah, yeah. By the yeah, that's going to throw me (laughs) off every week. (laughs) So by the time you're listening to this, it will have already started. Yep. And keep checking back for our uh, carsunfiltered.com blog posts and news because we've been finding some pretty cool stuff lately. And updates daily at carsunfiltered.com. Yep. So on that note, everybody, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. All right. We'll see ya. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Is that creepy? Fade out on that. Turn off the turn off the record button, Tom. <laughs> I have control. I'm the only one that can stop that train. Hashtag Project Elkin <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys feel like Keanu Reeves in that movie with the bus where he couldn't stop? Yes, yeah, it's speed. 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 <laughs> I feel I feel more like Speed Two on the cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs>